0: Take a look. It's in a book. Okay, I might have stole that from Reading Rainbow. But it's the truth. Just ask Debbie Dady, who is our guest this week on Blabbin'. Debbie is a Henderson, Kentucky native and an award-winning children's book author who went from teacher to school librarian to writer to traveling, promoting her stuff, reading to children coast to coast and border to border. And she's still going strong. So we'll talk about... What's on her agenda in the next few years? What's been on her agenda the past few decades? And thanks to Debbie Datey, our Bluegrass Brain Buster this week is actually worth a prize. So stay tuned for details. It's episode 16 of season 3. Get comfy. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Benton to Boston, Bremen to Brandenburg, we are just what Kentucky's doctor ordered. We are blabbing in the bluegrass! Exploration and celebration of all things Kentucky. I'm Sam Moore coming to you in luxury and style here at the unmatched, upscale, North Quail Motel in gorgeous Henderson KY. And I'm super stoked about this week's guest. I know I say that every week, but this one holds a special spot in my heart, not only because she's from Henderson, but because she's done so well for herself and she's won the hearts of so many children and their parents. No doubt she has made readers out of plenty previous non-readers. And she's been doing so for over three decades. We're speaking of Debbie Dady, an award-winning children's book author. You may very well know her from the Bailey School Kids series, which she co-wrote with her dear friend and former co-worker, Miss Marsha Thornton-Jones, among plenty of other things. You'd be amazed at all the other stuff she's dabbled in besides writing, too. A lot of that has been for uh, inspirational purposes, to inspire book ideas. But, gosh, we're talking everything from skydiving, to uh, participating in ski shows, to serving as uh, an extra in a movie, you name it. She's pretty much done it. She's never had any fear, I don't think, (laughs) in all of her years on this grand earth. So we're going to find out her fascinating story, and like I said, thanks to Debbie Dady, this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster is not just any old Bluegrass Brain Buster, no. It's worth the prize. She has donated her two newest releases from this year, 2021, to be given away as prizes. So here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to read you a Bluegrass brainbuster question. Your job is to be one of my first two to answer it correctly, and you need to do so by messaging me via the Blabbin' in the Bluegrass Facebook page. Okay, so just go... To the Blabbin' in the Bluegrass Facebook page, message me right there with the correct answer and be one of the first two to do so, and you will score one of Debbie Dady's two red-hot new releases. Now, these are entitled Sleepover at the Haunted Museum, that is Mermaid Tales book number 20, and the other is a graphic novel known as Vampires Don't Wear Polka Dots. One of those two could be yours if you are one of the first two to shoot me the correct response via messenger at the blab in the bluegrass Facebook page okay and speaking of that Facebook page please like it follow it because all of my previous episodes are there you can also stay up to date with the program with additional information and teasers for future shows as they are presented each week you can also make comments and non-contest related messages are welcome as well. Anytime. I love hearing from you. You can also email me, but don't email me for the contest, okay? (laughs) That's not how the contest works. But for any other inquiries, feel free, be my guest, and email me at bluegrassblabbin at gmail.com B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com Questions about the show? Comments about the show? Suggestions? For possible directions of the program, topics, guests, I'm all ears and here to serve. So shoot me those emails, except for the contest, right? Yep, for the contest, you're going to use the Facebook page, the Blabbing of the Bluegrass Facebook page. And here is this week's prize-winning, potentially for you, Bluegrass Brain Buster. How many counties can be found across the Commonwealth of Kentucky? One more time, how many counties can be found across the Commonwealth of Kentucky? Send me a message via the Blabbit in the Bluegrass Facebook page with the correct answer. Be one of the first two to do so, and one of Debbie Dady's two new books will be all yours. Happy thinking, happy listening, and good luck. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. Well, today we are privileged to have with us an award-winning author from my hometown of Henderson, Kentucky. You may know her from the Bailey School Kids series, among plenty of others, and she's even got two brand spanking new books out here in 2021 that we're going to be giving away, and she's going to talk to us about those and plenty others as we go along. She currently resides in the Great Smoky Mountains, so coming to us Direct from Severeville, Tennessee. Let's welcome the one and only Debbie Dadey. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Sam. Well, we're we're sure glad you're here. You know, Gatlinburg was always one of my favorite vacation destinations growing up. And that's what, five, ten minutes down the road from you?
1: <laughs> oh, a little bit more than that. We're kind of out in the out in the county. That's uh, true. So, yeah. Severe yeah, county. it's so it's a, about, it's a, it's a it's a good hike but uh yeah. we when there were the fires we could see them. we could see those out, out our front window so yeah that I was believe
0: a... it yeah I know <laughs> I know Severe County's a big county how long have you lived down there
1: oh man I guess around seven years or so
0: oh gotcha all right so you <laughs> it's practically in your blood now I know before then you uh lived in Chicago for a while and
1: well, uh, with my husband's job <laughs> as a pharmaceutical <laughs> scientist, we we've lived in Texas, California, uh, sh- uh, sh- the Chicago area in right. Illinois, and um, where do we move next? Colorado, Pennsylvania. Oh. So I don't <laughs> think I missed anything. <laughs> did so we just say Texas? We lived a lot of places. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you you've got the taste of the Smokies and the Rockies.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely, and it's definitely cheaper to live in the Smokies than it is in the Rockies. Although we liked it out there as well.
0: Yeah, you, you know, you got the best of both worlds. You got the cheaper living, and you can still go to the Rockies on occasion whenever time permits. So, that works in your favor. Well, we're anxious to hear about your background and your books. Now, you grew up, like you said, um, here in Henderson, my hometown. So, Debbie, why don't you talk to me about your fondest childhood memories from Kentucky we rehashed those a little bit ago off off record but let's expand on that a little bit here
1: well Henderson I consider my hometown as well and uh, I grew up boating and skiing on the Ohio River Mm -hmm. Uh, my family belonged to Boat and Ski Club do you still have that
0: Boat and Ski Club uh if we do I'm definitely not a part of it but uh I, I need to look into that (laughs)
1: Well, we had a, every year they would have a boat and ski show and we would perform, believe it or not. And I would, uh, oh my goodness, I was really young and skinny then. (laughs) And I would, uh, you know, I would, uh, I I had a, I would ski on one ski and then lift one ski up and put the, the ski bar underneath my knee and I would wave my hands like a crazy person (laughs) at the crowd (sighs) and then oh, i would also uh scramble up like um three and five men what is it five men six men uh pyramids uh five men i guess i don't know <laughs> anyway i would scramble <laughs> up the pyramid like and i learned that you always fall backwards <laughs> that's oh, one thing gosh. i learned from that but yeah that was that was pretty fun that was pretty pretty oh, I can fun imagine. Memory.
0: and uh of course we were talking the off off air here it was it's only fitting that we have Yvonne Blabbin blabbing in the bluegrass because blabbing uh used to get you in a little trouble in school didn't it debbie
1: <laughs> definitely i i kind of they beat it out of me i guess by uh high school but <laughs> <laughs> i never got in high school too but definitely in elementary school i got in trouble a lot for talking I, and tell them what write, your you how you had was. to write stuff when you got in trouble well, i don't right. know if you did but i did i had to write a lot of stuff lines and I even learned the Gettysburg Address by heart at one time because uh you know I had to write it over and over again for I guess Mr. Guatney no who was it what was his name (laughs) for my history teacher I had to write it over and over again
0: but (laughs) I'll have to ask mom if she knows it because she probably she (laughs) my mom graduated in 76 so she uh she was a a year older I bet she remembers Mr. Guatney I'll have to ask her but anyway now what what school did you go to which elementary school
1: I went to um, Weaverton Elementary School.
0: Okay, yeah, I bet she'd know him, man. That's where Mom went, so I'll I'll ask him, or I'll ask her up about Mr. Gwatney. Now, tell us, Debbie. Um, you know
1: what? I think that might have been my high school math teacher. Boy, <laughs> it's been a long time ago. Sam. Oh, your high school math <laughs> <Have you> teacher. <laughs> my, my mom was my fifth grade teacher. Oh, Oh, boy, I got in trouble all the time from her. I got in trouble at school for talking, then I got in trouble at home for talking. (laughs) she she,
0: She was probably twice as hard on you as she was everybody else.
1: Well, I remember her saying she knew she was going to be in trouble because the first day she walked in and I was sitting in somebody's lap talking. So
0: (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) She she knew it was going to be a long year. Oh, that's hilarious. Now, Debbie, tell us when and how you first discovered your talents and passion for writing.
1: (laughs) Well, um, I grew up in Henderson. Wrong. And I lived on a little in a little house on old Madisonville road. And in that little house on old Madisonville road, I had a little teeny teeny little bedroom. And in my little blue bedroom, I had a drawer that had books in it. Mm. And I would read those books, you know, over and over again. And uh, that's because that's pretty much all I had the library. at Our school didn't have a lot of uh, exciting books. Yeah, school libraries uh, are a lot
0: bigger these
1: days. (laughs) We went to, we went to the public library, Uh, you know, my mom would take us to the public library, but I did have that little, little uh, drawer full of books, and I would read them over and over again, and um, I don't think I ever dreamed that I would be able to write one. Uh, It wasn't until I um, became an adult that I you know had dared to dream that you know maybe there was that possibility but i i enjoyed reading so much i mean i still read in bed and i still i don't i still read in the at the supper table well not the supper table but at the lunch table and the breakfast table (laughs)
0: whatever table
1: it uh, is like i did when i was a kid when i could get away with it uh and i i do do read in the hot tub you know Ah. if you put your if you put your um kindle in a plastic bag you can still read in the hot tub
0: (laughs) Yeah, that... and
1: I did read in the ba- in the bathtub when I was a kid when I could get away with it.
0: Now, just out of curiosity, have you ever read in the swimming pool?
1: in a, In our swimming pool, no.
0: Oh, okay, so that might be a stretch, but I wouldn't put it past you to pull it off. But...
1: <laughs> I read but... outside of our swimming pool, but oh, not okay.
0: in it. At <laughs> pool side, but not <laughs> not yeah. pool in. Oh, that's funny. Now we should mention that you uh, you grew up in Henderson, but you were born in the mighty metropolis of Morganfield, weren't you?
1: Well, my family was living in Uniontown, and to be born, I had to go to Morgantown, Morganfield because that's <laughs> yes. where they, the, the hospital was. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. My, so you... my grandmother, uh, and my, well, my mom and dad all uh, grew up in Uniontown, Kentucky.
0: I see. So you, how old were you when y'all moved to Henderson?
1: Oh, uh about school, when I was getting ready to start school, right before we my, my brother Frank is a year older than me, and so we uh we started school in Henderson. Oh, yeah, gosh, I have, so... my, my well, Frank Gibson is my brother, so my maiden name is Gibson. So, uh, there's a yes, and I related, you that... if your name is Gibson, I might be related to you if you're there, may be a
0: relation. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, uh, her brother Frank Gibson is the uh, proud owner of Thomason's Barbecue here in well, Henderson. I Highly recommend it. best mutton that uh, you could buy out there, or at least among the best. I tell you, it's a a great place and it's been around for ages, it seems like, and it's it's still going strong. So, and and I tell you, you go about an an hour or so east of here and ask for mutton, and they'll look at you like, what's that?
1: that's true that's my husband's favorite when we visit the mutton oh eric has
0: to get the mutton i believe it
1: my favorite i i, I don't like baked beans usually but
0: theirs are the bomb
1: baked beans are the best
0: they are the bomb i will second that they have delicious baked beans uh, and potato salad for that matter at uh at Thomason's barbecue now as a youngster debbie we're talking about your drawer full of books so we know there were a number of authors who sparked your love of reading and ultimately inspired your own writing no doubt so why don't you tell us who were some of your favorites and most influential writers as a child
1: oh well I know I remember one teacher particularly and that was Mrs. Forker from fourth grade and yes she did spank me for talking too much. Mrs. (laughs) Forker. She she also read to us every day and I loved that and she would read oh just lots of different stories and but I remember she read the Laura the Little House on the Prairie series uh and um uh and I you know I love that and um uh, I think teachers should always read aloud to their kids because that really m- creates a love of reading, I think. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, uh, I would also, I um, had this uh, book called Cherry Ames, Student Nurse as I got a little older. And uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I loved that series. And I think maybe that helped, those two series in particular, helped me, helped create a love of series. Uh, for, and maybe that's why I wanted you know, to write a series. Um,
0: That's pretty cool stuff. Now, it's also worth mentioning that um, you and I are both proud Hilltoppers. So, Debbie Dady, (laughs) uh, why don't you share with us a little bit about your studies and uh, experiences on the Hill at Western Kentucky University?
1: Well, I did go to another hill first.
0: Uh-huh. I guess
1: I was a little chicken. Well, plus, you know, money-wise, it was a good good way to go. I went to uh, the Henderson Community College for a year.
0: Oh, that and, hill. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then I went down to Western. And it was at Western I met my husband. Uh-huh. And so that was very special. Um, I majored in um, uh, elementary education. And then later I got my master's in library science, also through Western.
0: Oh, cool! Now, um, where, where's Eric from originally? I know you met him at Western.
1: Yes, he's originally from Pennsylvania, uh, uh, clo- not that far from Pittsburgh. Uh, oh, and, um, so he came a long way
0: for school.
1: He did. It was closer. It was cheaper for him to go to Western at that time. I don't know if it still is. Than to go to Penn State uh, to mm. even traveling all that distance and everything. So um, yeah, we met. Uh, <laughs> we met in the at that time, you had to have, um, you know, special open houses to have a uh, male or female visit. wow! Uh, oh, we uh-huh. met at an open house of an old boyfriend of mine, and my husband was in, in, in that old boyfriend's room, and we chatted. <laughs> we oh. went, yeah, that was when I first met him. Actually, I had some friends visit from Henderson, and we all got together, and and that's where I, I oh, met. Oh, and
0: one <laughs> thing led to another, and <laughs> the rest is is history, shall we say? Now, interesting. Yeah, well,
1: we've been married for 38 years now. I guess it is. So, uh, we've 38 uh, years. Been I'd say some- it's working out. <laughs> uh, hopefully, <laughs> the jury's still out. <laughs> oh
0: goodness! <laughs> and, uh, and then you had some kids. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your children?
1: I have three children uh nathan becky and, and alex and they're all adults and they're all wonderful
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed in fact you even authored some books with them back in the day didn't you
1: i did nathan and, and i uh, um, when he was i guess in uh junior high uh we uh wrote a book called slime <laughs> together Slim he did not Wars. want to write with me but i i egged him into it (laughs) and we wrote Slime Wars and uh, that did well enough that uh, Scholastic asked us to write a sequel and we wrote Slime Time. as a Slime Time. (laughs) It was fun writing with him.
0: Oh gosh so he could say he's a published author. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) A published co-author. Yeah, as one of his many claims to fame.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, (laughs) it sure is. Now, interestingly, uh, after majoring in elementary ed at Western, you engaged students as a first grade teacher and a librarian in Lexington before authoring books full time. So if you would describe what jump-started your writing career while serving as a school librarian in Central Kentucky.
1: Well, I actually, the year that I graduated from Western, uh, Henderson County laid off 30 teachers.
0: Oh, Marcy. And,
1: and hired one librarian. <laughs> so I ended up <laughs> teaching in uh, Hardensburg, Kentucky for a couple of years. The first oh, year Breckenridge I taught, County. The, yeah, the first year I taught, I had twenty-seven little first graders. Mm, the
0: big class. The second
1: year I taught, I had thirty-four little first graders. Thirty-four, double woo. <laughs>
0: Great. Yeah,
1: I had my hands full. That was for sure. But I, the best favorite part of my day was reading aloud to kids, uh, and well, that was my favorite with with my children as well. Reading aloud to them uh, before they went to bed. But but. But, you know, reading aloud, I guess maybe um, that kind of sparked an interest in, in writing for me. And I wrote this terrible, really terrible story <laughs> where, where I did line drawings and everything. And no. then I Couldn't moved be from be. Hardensburg to uh, Versailles, Kentucky, when I got married. Oh, um, no. and, uh, I taught in Versailles uh, for one year, and then I... Uh, I started teaching at Sayer School in Lexington, Kentucky. And the weird thing about that is the, the weird thing about that is, um, is that um, there was a lady who taught first grade at in Versailles before me at that school, and she, her name was Marcia Thornton Jones. Oh well, sure. she taught first grade and she left to go to Sayre School. Well, I came and took her first grade position in in Versailles. And I found out why she had left. And so I left (laughs) and I went and followed her to the same school in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, and she decided that she did not want to, um, uh, teach first grade anymore. She went to teach third grade. So I took her first grade position. So it was like, I was following her. I was destined to meet Marsha Thornton Jones. You were following Uh, in
0: her footsteps, literally, (laughs)
1: literally. And, and then, um, Uh, I became a school librarian and she became, uh, I think she was a computer lab teacher and then uh, also did um, like uh, gifted and talented, uh, I think. And uh, it was at that time that uh, we, believe it or not, we were actually exercising because the school that we had had an exercise facility and we were exercising Mm -hmm. and we started chatting. Uh, Even though we knew each other, we didn't know each other really well because uh, we were kind of in different parts of the building but uh, we started chatting about how books that we liked and and um, wouldn't it be cool to write a book and both of us said I've always wanted to write a book and we said well let's try it so the very next day we sat down in the middle of our school cafeteria and started writing stories together on pieces of paper
0: how about that yeah and those those became the Bailey school kids series
1: well, we wrote lots of different things. Okay. And then one... <laughs> that
0: was one of your life stuff.
1: <laughs> and, and we didn't have much success. We did sell a greeting card. Oh, that's <laughs> we so star. pumped up that we sold a greeting card. And then we, so that kind of kept us going. And then we had a really bad day. <laughs> uh, at our school, I'm, I'm sure the teachers, if there's any listening, they never have bad days. Oh, never, did. never. <laughs> Where the kids are goofing off and you know acting silly and that sort of thing, and I went over to my friend Marcia's computer lab. Mm-hmm. where we were uh, actually going to work on typing in a story together uh, that we were working on about a teacher dying. I mean, it was some real sad story. Um, Only oh, yeah, after your and bad she,
0: day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and she met me at the at the door of her classroom and she said, these kids are driving me crazy. And I laughed and, I, and uh, you know, she said, you know, if I was some kind of monster teacher and it had horns and fangs, all the kids would pay attention to me. Uh, and I said, oh, I like that. We should write a story about a teacher like that, and we did, and that turned into our first book, uh, "Vampires Don't Wear Polka Dots."
0: That is a a new graphic novel too, about the same title that uh, you just came out with earlier this year. We'll talk more about that momentarily. But now, um, speaking of the Bailey School Kids series, which you wrote with Miss. Marsha Thornton-Jones. There's an interesting individual who this book was named after. Why don't you tell our listeners about who inspired the name Bailey and the Bailey School Kids?
1: Well, my grandmother, Lily Bailey, was very special to me. Uh, I would actually ride my bicycle up when I thought this was... A huge mountain. Uh it's not very big at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it just seemed like and it.
1: Old Madisonville Road up this huge mountain and go to Thornton Place where she lived. And I spend the night and you know, uh, she was just a wonderful person. She made all my clothes when I was a kid. She was a oh, wonderful seamstress. Uh but when it came time to name the elementary school uh in our book vampires don't wear polka dots um we were brainstorming different ideas and bailey was one of them uh because i thought that would be fun to name a school after her and marcia her grandmother's last name was cool jargon and we decided that bailey was a little easier to go with right we went went with (laughs) bailey school so i'm glad we did
0: yeah and and your grandmother uh, was a writer herself in fact she kept a diary didn't she
1: she did, and that kind of inspired me to write as well, because I thought, wow, you know, like 100 years from now, somebody could read her diary and see what she was doing on, you know, a certain day, um, and yeah, you know, there's things that were written thousands of years ago that we still write now. I don't don't think that'll probably ever happen to any of my books, but it's kind of Oh, cool to I think bet it about.
0: will. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it will. Don't sell yourself short, Debbie. Now, over the past... <laughs> few decades, dear, you spent a considerable amount of time touring the country and reading your books to young school children. So uh, tell us what you've enjoyed most about your travels and talk about your most memorable highlights from these excursions.
1: Well, the thing I found out in uh, going to different schools in the United States and other countries is the kids are the same. Yeah, no matter where you go. I guess kids one <laughs> uh, uh, one memorable trip that I had was uh, to uh, Cairo, Egypt, uh, and um, oh, I took gosh. my oldest son out of school for a few days to go to that, as a matter of fact, and mm. we had this really cool adventure, uh, seeing the pyramids and Sphinx, and Giza, and Boat rides on the Nile and getting flea bites and <laughs> on a little little boat on the Nile and uh, shopping in um, I guess what was maybe the oldest market in the world or something and seeing the step pyramids and well I, and then I was uh, you know teaching at the uh, I think it was uh, the Cairo American School uh, and uh, my son would get to go out on adventures with the mothers from some of the from of the students and he like did a jeep ride on the Sahara and different things like that so that was well, that was a, a that was one of my coolest visits I must say
0: and you know you have you've probably been to both Cairo Egypt and Cairo Kentucky and read in both places
1: <laughs> well there's a, I was actually uh, I think I was in Illinois at the time and they um, uh, emailed me and said would you be interested in going to Cairo and I said well okay, you mean Cairo, Illinois? <laughs> <laughs> and they went, no, that would be Egypt. I'm like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Even better. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, we pronounce it Cairo here, but, uh, yeah, that's... you know, it's crazy. These different <laughs> pronunciations tend to very state to state. But uh anyway, according to your websites, Debbie, uh, you once went skydiving as a means of generating book ideas. So uh when and where was it that you went skydiving and which book or books were inspired by this adventure?
1: <laughs> well, I was uh, actually living in Colorado at that time and um I was writing this story about a kid who uh, ended up kind of taking care or being a friend to uh, an older lady, and she decided she'd never done anything exciting in her life, and she was going to go skydiving. Well, uh-huh. the kid tries to talk her out of it and everything, but she ends up going, and so I figured that I needed to go because uh, I do a lot of research for my books, which people might not believe, but it's true, <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. and sometimes I do things. Uh, but uh, sometimes I, well, most of the time I do, you know, book research, internet research, that sort of thing. But um, sometimes I do things to try to, to, to make it more so I can take notes and see, make it hopefully more real in my story. So I did, I did go parachuting. I thought I was cool. I could do this. No problem. (laughs) 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 Well, my oldest son, Nathan said that he would do it with me he was kind of excited about it as well. And so oh, cool. um, I was sitting on the floor of this little teeny plane. The, there was no door and this really loud because of the wind and everything. And you get up to, I don't know, 14,000 feet or whatever it is. And they, uh, they said Nathan was going to go first. So he just fell out of the plane. And I went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know he was going to fall out of the plane. But when you see your beloved son drop Hundred miles an hour, he just kind of freaks you out, you know.
0: Yeah, when you, <laughs> you say it in person, it really hits the hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then they push me toward the door, and I'm like, oh, "I can't do this! I can't do this!" And you know, it's really loud, so they shout at you, "Don't look down!" And of course, what do you do? You look down, and you'd be like, "Ah!" So I think in the video, I was pretty much screaming the whole way <laughs> until oh, that's the parachute caught. And when the parachute caught, I was, I was thought I was going to live and you know life was good and I could look at the Rocky Mountains and I was okay. There you go. Once
0: a parachute caught you were like I'll live to play another day.
1: (laughs) Yeah the sad thing is I never sold that story after doing that (laughs) Um, but I've done some other things uh, many things I guess uh, to try to help my story to be better. I've slid into shark tanks, I've ridden coal trains, I learned to lasso so uh, mostly though book research and it's a little bit safer
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's not risking your life when you do internet research and it's not for any of those other things either really although it does make your heart skip a few beats when you skydive if you've never been there and done that that's neat stuff so you never sold that story that uh, was inspired by your skydiving experience
1: although you never know maybe i'll take it back out and rewrite it again who knows
0: who knows maybe a lighter version of that particular Debbie Dady story may be on bookshelves in no time flat so keep your eyes open (laughs) and and your ears peeled for it folks. Now some of our listeners Debbie may not know that um, we talked about your skiing in Henderson growing up and you know in a previous ski show Debbie held the distinction of being the top man in the uh, seven-man pyramid so uh, Mm -hmm. what's What sparked your desire to give that role a try, Debbie, and what stands out most in your mind when uh, reflecting upon this exciting experience?
1: Well, I must have had no fear. (laughs) I'd say not. (laughs) But as I get older, that's not quite the case. So I do not foresee going on a seven-man pyramid or skydiving anytime soon.
0: (laughs) Oh, darn. We were getting our hopes up when was this that you were on your uh, ski show
1: oh that was when I was a kid yeah oh you were well,
0: still in Henderson okay oh
1: yeah oh yeah
0: I got you so so this wasn't like a cable tv show or anything
1: like <laughs> that. you do not want to see me skiing <laughs> and climbing up anybody right now I'm pretty although sure. we want to see
0: it Debbie we want to see it <laughs> oh it's just God.
1: ski maybe it's been a while though
0: <laughs> that's been, <laughs> you're a little out of practice huh <laughs> oh that's that's quite all right we'll forgive you now as if your resume isn't impressive enough you also served as an extra in a movie entitled the music never stops so for those who've never seen this masterpiece uh, give us a a brief synopsis of it debbie and describe your character in the film
1: <laughs> well um when i lived in uh pennsylvania it wasn't that uh difficult to take a train up to new york city oh, so no. we did that we did that for shows and stuff and uh one time i don't know how i found out about a casting call for a story about the grateful Dead. And uh, it was kind of about the power of music. And so my daughter was very interested in that sort of thing at the time. And so we took ourselves up to New York and found out how much standing around and waiting and waiting, waiting extras do in a movie. And uh, (laughs) of course, my daughter was young and beautiful. And so I'm at the very back of this huge crowd uh, at supposedly a Grateful Dead um, concert. And oh, uh-huh. she is taken all the way up, right beside the stars.
0: <laughs> oh lucky her!
1: So, yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, somebody tried to edge her out and uh, <laughs> kind of pushed pushed in front of her. But you can still see her in the in the the actual movie. So that was kind of fun for her. But oh, that's uh, cool. you know, that was an adventure. I'm hoping that um, it, things work out with the Bailey School Kids live action TV s- series that my daughter and I can uh, be a Walk on or something, <laughs> in that exactly, that that yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, tell us about that, Debbie. When's that live-action TV series supposed to kick off?
1: Well, um, uh, <laughs> you, I, I've also learned how long things take.
0: <laughs> well, fair point. But, uh, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. we uh, sold the rights, dramatic rights, to uh, Rainbow Bardell, which is a big company, and they are um, they a writer was working on the script and i think they're moving along to um i think the um where they uh them a pilot is what i understand so that oh, should be interesting
0: yeah the, the ball is rolling you know even if it's slow it's rolling so we'll definitely keep a watchful eye out for that uh, live action series now the music never stops when was that movie released do you remember
1: oh no I don't know. I year, I can barely remember my own birthdays. <laughs> 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 I I definitely don't remember when that was, but uh, I think I saw that it's on Netflix now.
0: Okay, so it's at almost everybody's fingertips now. So you can <laughs> go back and what what's what's the general synopsis of it? Don't spoil too much, but tell us a little bit about it.
1: There was a, a, a young man who had, I think it was an injury. Uh, anyway, he, he was, he couldn't uh, communicate well or, or there was, a, he, his father was trying to get through to him. And the only thing he really liked was music and particularly Grateful Dead music. And it was through that music that uh, his father kind of was able to start communicating with him as, as I recall.
0: Oh, that sounds like a but, good story. That's where yeah. the Grateful Dead concert ties in too. That you were yeah, at. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I never really known about the Grateful Dead music, and I learned a lot that day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd say <laughs> you were well educated about Grateful Dead music. Now, uh, this year, Debbie, you have graced us with two new books, which we are giving away as prizes this week to our. Uh, Lucky, first two correct responses to the Bluegrass Brainbuster, and these two books are entitled uh, Sleepover at the Haunted Museum, and also a graphic novel based on <laughs> your first novel that uh, you and uh, Marsha Thornton Jones came out with, known as uh, Vampires Don't Wear Polka Dots. So uh, without any major spoilers, Debbie, give us a snapshot of <laughs> what our little munchkins can expect from these enjoyable efforts.
1: Well, Mermaid Tales number twenty twenty uh, is uh sleepover at the Haunted Museum, and it's about a birthday party that kind of gets out of hand. It kind of made me, when, when uh, you asked that question, made me think of a party I went to uh that uh, a henderson friend of mine uh her name was ann shade at the time she took a Um, bunch of us uh, high school friends down to a farm that her family owned uh, kind of away from everybody and we were just having a great time swimming in a pond doing all sorts of things and uh, it was it was one of those farms that didn't i think have a phone or anything like that so we were kind of like isolated
0: No, gotcha.
1: Right as we're all settling down after we've giggled and all and falling asleep, we heard this noise on the porch. Oh. And somebody, I think somebody started swinging in the creepy squeaky swing as I recall <laughs> we just about went through the roof of course uh, sure. so we I kind of channeled some of that fear in uh when mer- uh, the mermaid in this story Shelly uh, sees something in the middle of the night and luckily she has, as I did, has her friends to help her save the day. Um, and so the story might be a little touch scary, uh, but. Uh, hopefully but Halloween's since...
0: coming up. So, you know, perfect timing. <laughs> well,
1: I always try to put humor, in, if I can, in a story to, if it's scary to try to, you know, soften that humor a little bit.
0: Oh, sure. <laughs> so then Vampires Don't Wear Polka Dots, your uh, graphic novel, that's that's based on your your very first book, I guess, isn't it?
1: It is. I know it's kind of uh, crazy to see a story that you wrote 30 years ago come back to life as a graphic novel. It was, uh, but we, I mean, we've been really lucky that uh, uh, Oscar uh, award winning artist Pearl Lowe uh, did the uh, adaption, adaptation, I guess, whatever you call it. Pearl I love <laughs> um, that name. Turning it into a, uh, a graphic novel. And it was very strange taking uh, a chapter book. 42 pages or whatever, and condensing it down to the most important lines to go along with the, the, um, the, you know, pictures, almost comic book, like uh, uh, graphic novel. So, and it one, one other thing that happened with this graphic novel was um, they, we, we changed changed some of the ethnicity of some of the characters oh. which when this was first suggested I was like what you can't change our characters no. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always been uh, a real uh really a good hopefully good supporter of diversity in books and i always thought kids should be able to see themselves in a book so uh, i was went over and so the the kids in the story are a little different looking than they were originally and it'll be interesting to see you know in the in the tv series if that happens as well as if the char- characters are uh changed a little bit
0: after already achieving uh more in your lifetime than most people could ever dream of accomplishing in theirs. What are Debbie Dady's future endeavors?
1: <laughs> well, uh, before I get into that, I want you to to tell uh, people if they don't know what the Vampires Don't Park docs is about, it's about a teacher who just might be a vampire and the kids who try oh, to make save sense sense. <laughs> and if you don't win a book from Sam uh through me uh hopefully you'll uh, if you're ever in Evansville you'll stop by the Barnes and Noble there because I have autographed uh some book plates that they'll be putting in books over there uh that you can purchase autographed books if you, if you know oh yeah thanks for... you might like a mermaid story or a vampire story yeah. maybe a second so, through fifth grader
0: You can take a little Um, stroll across the bridge and get a (laughs) non-graph copy there if you don't win one here.
1: (laughs) Well, um, I'm lucky, though, that um, uh, next year I'll have another Mermaid Tail book coming out, and it'll be number 21. Uh, And I'm tickled that in this book I was finally able to get something that I've been trying to get for a while, uh, a mermaid in a sort of wheelchair. Uh, oh, I wheelchair you, mermaid. Yeah, I've told you I've been, uh, you know, supporter of diversity. And uh, I think kids need to see uh, not only kids who aren't in a wheelchair, see other kids in a wheelchair in a book, but also kids who are in a wheelchair need to have an opportunity to have books about them. And so I've been trying to do that for a while, but I'm tickled that that finally happened in a book about the Titanic. Uh, oh I got the titanic the tie scene. in there cool yeah it's a, a titanic friendship is what it's called right now and um so uh i got to learn lots about the titanic and also about bacteria because did you know sam that bacteria right this minute is eating the titanic and so that probably in, about years, <laughs> in 20 years there will not be a titanic so this is uh, probably is accurate <laughs> yeah, uh, our amazing illustrator chatana vikavakian uh chatana vikavakian i don't
0: california. think she's from smith mills
1: <laughs> no she lives out in california but i think she's armenian i'm not i'm not 100 sure about that but oh, like, gotcha. uh, an, an armenian friend of mine told me that was an armenian name so uh she's uh working on the the illustrations for that right now and another graphic novel Uh, comes out, uh, Bailey School Kids graphic novel comes out next year, and I have a series of eight books uh, that'll be coming out uh, starting, uh, I'm not sure if it's next year or the year before, that'll be Mermaid Mini Tales, uh, where there's uh, younger mermaids, and then um, I have a book that I wrote, uh, a picture book, which I haven't written in a while. i was reading, just reading in the news about this lady named Dr. Caitlin Carrico, who had been working for 40 years on mRNA technology. Mm. And that technology led to the Pfizer-Moderna vaccines. And I thought to myself, wow, somebody should write a book about her. And I went, well, I'm a writer. Maybe I could. Somebody's got
0: to do it. Might as well be me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) say, duh, Debbie, write the story. And she was just a fascinating person to learn about. And she was kind enough to uh, email back and forth with me. Her daughter was uh, helping her with her uh, newfound fame. And she was kind enough to help me as well. We we chatted back and forth. And um, so that book will come out in 2023. And right now it's called Curious Katie. And I was lucky enough that Learner. Uh, thought that book needed to be written as well, and so uh, that'll be with Lerner.
0: No keeping still for Debbie Dady, and I know that there's plenty of uh, school travel in your future, too. When's the next uh, leg of your school tour?
1: Oh, well, you know, with COVID, I've not been doing any live school visits right well, now. That makes sense. I uh, had committed to doing the Kentucky Book Fair in November uh is that Louisville six no um it's in uh, Lexington Lexington, this year they're having it Joseph uh, Joseph yeah Yeah, so that's the Kentucky Book Fair so I have committed to that and hopefully COVID will be much better by then in November yes hopefully it'll be more
0: cooperative at that point
1: (laughs) I hope so I hope so if you haven't gotten your vaccine please get your vaccine I want to go to the Kentucky Book Fair
0: (laughs) (laughs) get your vaccine go see Debbie Get an (laughs) autograph book. You won't regret it. I don't care how far (laughs) you are from Lexington. (laughs) It's worth a visit to Joseph bed too. That's been around for an eternity. In fact, that was probably up there when when you were living in Lexington. It was,
1: it was. So it'll be interesting. They had expanded it. It was started out fairly small and then they expanded it like enormous uh, by the time we left. So it'll be interesting to see how it is. Uh, years later
0: <laughs> you may not even recognize the place now but uh anyway well debbie this has been great we've sure enjoyed talking to you the last but certainly not least i would like to know what would be your best advice for aspiring authors in our listening audience
1: oh, well i would uh my best advice i guess would be to read a lot write a lot and write what you like Uh, I think you have to write what appeals to you but yeah also have to be aware of the market because when I was a librarian I noticed there weren't a lot of books between picture books and novels and there the kids in my library love books about monsters Uh, so those two came together uh, in my head for writing a book about a vampire uh, and and a vampire chapter book so uh, I think you have to keep in mind what you like and what Uh, might appeal to kids as well and and not kids 20 years ago or 40 years ago but kids today so keeping abreast of what's in the bookstore now and uh is a good way to go um but I guess I'm gonna have my most success taking a little bit of a risk doing something different because if you do the same thing everybody else does why should they buy your book
0: (laughs) no risk it no biscuits
1: (laughs) Yeah, so writing about a vampire teacher in 1990 uh, was a bit risky. Uh, But I mean, that was even before Goosebumps came out. So but just Scholastic decided to take a chance on us because we were safe. We were a a librarian and a school teacher. And they thought that, you know, we were a good risk, perhaps. (laughs) And I'm glad (laughs) they did, because we've sold over 45 million copies of those Bailey School Kids books. So we've been really, really blessed.
0: I'd say that risk paid off. So write about what you like, but keep in mind where the demand is and kind of factor, <laughs> combine those two in your efforts and no doubt it'll pay off for you. Now, check her out. It's uh, debbiedady.com. You can also find her uh, at Debbie Datey on Facebook and Twitter. Am I leaving out any outlets they can find you, Debbie? Well,
1: oh, those are the main ones. I'm on LinkedIn and some others, but those are the main ones. <laughs> definitely. The so hope, to, hope to see you there
0: absolutely she does and and I do too tell her tell her Sam thing well Debbie thanks so much for joining us and hopefully uh this afternoon will be nice and peaceful and calm in the in the mountains so that you can stretch out and take a, a nice little nap after surviving your strenuous interview with me here I'm blabbing in the bluegrass
1: <laughs> thanks for having me Sam I appreciate it
0: the ever so adventurous Debbie Daddy quite the inspiration she is for all of us to exit our comfort zone and try new things, and that's why we keep people like her around here on Blabbin' at the Bluegrass. Now, I'll do my best to keep you posted on her upcoming book releases, as well as the television series in the works, based on Debbie's work, and I know that that will delight once it's complete, and you can keep tabs on all this yourself, too, and pick up my Slack because I generally need it. DebbieDady.com is the website, like we pointed out a few minutes ago. D-E-B-B-I-E-D-A-D-E-Y dot com. And I will link you to that in my show notes also. So you can just click on it and find out anything you've ever wanted to know or will want to know about the one and only Debbie Dady. Now, I should point out that we mentioned Cairo and Smith Mills a little bit ago in our conversation. Now, for those of you not from Western Kentucky, you've never set foot in Henderson County. That's where these two sleepy little towns are located. Now, yes, I know it looks like Cairo, and it's pronounced Cairo in most places, but we dare to be different here at Henderson County. So, swing by Cairo and Smith Mills sometime if you haven't already done so. Pay them a visit. It'll, <laughs> It'll be fun times. And speaking of visiting people and places, make plans to visit Debbie, meet her in person at the Kentucky Book Festival. That is slated for November the 6th at Lexington's legendary Joseph Beth Booksellers. Now folks, it's worth a trip to Joseph Beth, even when there's not a book festival going on. It's a central Kentucky institution. It's been there for several decades. The only thing missing is you. It's a very unique environment. When you throw a a book festival in there, it's all the more incentive to go check it out. And you can experience Debbie Dady's bubbliness, if that's a word. (laughs) You can experience it in person. Not that Debbie hasn't blessed us with a considerable amount of joy on the program today, but something about that face-to-face interaction just makes it extra special. And you can get that with Debbie in November at the Kentucky Book Festival, and snag an autographed book while you're at it. I sure appreciate Debbie coming on with me today, and I can't thank her enough for sending along copies of her 2021 releases for prize giveaways on today's program. And again, these are Sleepover at the Haunted Museum, Mermaid Tales, number 20, And the graphic novel is known as Vampires Don't Wear Polka Dots. That, of course, based on the very first book that Debbie and her friend Marsha Thornton Jones ever wrote. You can make the comparison if you win that particular book from me. Even if you don't, you know where to find them. Barnes & Noble in Evansville. Pretty easy drive for most of you Western Kentuckians. And select other places as well. But I do hope that you win one of those two books from me. And the way to do it is to be one of the first two messages i receive via the blabbing in the bluegrass facebook page with the correct answer of the bluegrass brain buster now to recap your brain buster this week is how many counties can be found across the commonwealth of kentucky again how many counties can be found across the commonwealth of kentucky Normally, I reveal the answer at the end of the program, but we can't do that today because you're still guessing. I will give you the answer at the beginning of next week's show, I promise. I'll already have my two winners, and by then, we'll be ready to share it with everybody else. But for now, you'll just have to take stabs at it if you're one of the first two to guess correctly via messages on the Blabbit in the Bluegrass Facebook page, one of Debbie Davies' two 2021 releases will be all yours. Good luck. You can't win if you don't play, so please jump in and try your luck. We'll be back next week with plenty more fun where this came from and plenty of ways to get a hold of me, too, between now and then. One of them is email bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. That, of course, for non-contest-related inquiries You can also uh, message me via the Blabbin' in the Bluegrass Facebook page. That's how you're playing the game. You can message me with any other questions and comments you've got as well. I encourage you to like and follow the Blabbin' in the Bluegrass Facebook page. Why? Because all previous shows are posted there. You can uh, listen or re-listen to any of them that you choose. You can stay up to date with additional information, teasers on future shows as they are presented. Throughout each week, and you can also uh, make comments. Don't forget that you can subscribe and listen to Blabbing in the Bluegrass without paying one thin dime via one of three podcast directories that we're a part of. Those include Apple, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Any of those three. They're all easy, they're all accessible, they all include Blabbing in the Bluegrass, and we strongly encourage you to enjoy the show via one of those three avenues, too. So until we meet again, you know what I'm going to ask of you. Keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep on... Blabbing, blabbing, blabbing in, in the, the bluegrass grass. There's nothing here to hide Cause we're saying it with pride Just a blabbing, blabbing, blabbing in, in the bluegrass grass with knowledge of the state you're sure to appreciate yes we're blabbing blabbing in the bluegrass where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate just a blabbing in the bluegrass with a fit for every taste precious time is not to waste